theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 9, too, but let's look at Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. I want to share something with you that I had not seen before. Uh, Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to go to verse 6, and we're going to read through 11. But this, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, watch this, Always having all sufficiency in all things. May have an abundance for every good work. Praise God. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Praise God. God's about to bless you in a way that when you bless people they're going to radically thank the Lord Jesus Christ for your radical generosity. I believe that and today I want to preach this thought in this series, Supernatural Soil. Supernatural Soil. Will you help me pray and just come into agreement with me in the word of the Lord? Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your word today. I am praying right now that a spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is your spirit, would just sit upon me, Lord God, as I teach and preach your word. Help me to do so with relevancy and with accuracy, oh God. Let there be a magnificent, there already has been a magnificent outpouring of your spirit, God. Speak to us, set us free, do whatever you want to do, for the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Now, you've heard me say this, but at Extraordinary Church, I believe we are allergic to average. Somebody better look at your neighbor and sneeze. No. Don't, don't. Not, not right now. This is the wrong time to be sneezing, praise God. But if you're sneezing, you're sneezing because you are allergic to mediocrity. You are allergic to average. And I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm thankful. You know, we talk about us being ordinary folks, but I don't want to live an ordinary life. I don't serve an ordinary God, praise God. Can somebody say amen? We don't, Jesus is not an ordinary savior. He didn't die an ordinary death and he didn't rise to an ordinary life. How many of you know you've been given a promise of abundant life in Jesus Christ? Somebody ought to say amen. And this is the time of year, every year, that what I've decided to do as pastor at Extraordinary Church is to take time, take a few weeks to talk about generosity. We don't do it that often. As a matter of fact, I only do it once a year. And uh, some of you have challenged me in that approach, and I'm thinking about it. And because Jesus, as I shared with you before, out of the 29 parables, 16 of them were about money. It's just amazing how much he talked about this. And I want to just make a declaration. We believe in them. But I want to declare to Extraordinary Church, we are in a season of harvest right now. Somebody ought to give God praise for that. Come on. We've come through some doors. And yes, we've had some doors shut. But I believe God is opening doors and extraordinary things are happening. I'm telling you right now that if we're going to experience a harvest, though, you first must have what? Seed. I got one amen. Praise God. Before you can have a harvest, you have to have seed. Thank you. That was the second. Praise God. You and I cannot. The only way we'll have a harvest 
is with a seed. No farmer walks out into an empty field where no seed has been sown. Talking about, I can't wait to harvest. It is not wisdom to expect a harvest from a field in which no seed has been sown. Now, I want everybody to understand, y'all already tight. Y'all like, man, we don't, I don't talk about money that much, and y'all already getting tight on me. Don't get too tight on me right now. But I do want to make the disclaimer. This is not going to be a toe-tickling message today. Now, we talked about tithing. How many of you all remember what a tithe is? Okay, praise God. Sarah told me, Ashley's waving his hand. I hear a little bit over there. A tithe is 10%. Okay, and tithing for those of you, some people, you heard me say this before. I talked about this. Some people say, well, it's, it's, it's not a New Testament thing. It's we're no under law. You know, we're no longer under law. I'm telling you, yes, Jesus Christ delivered us from the law of sin and death and made us recipients of the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. But tithing is not law. Remember, I talked about this. Tithing is love. Tithing is not contract. Tithing is covenant. God. Okay. So I've got a responsibility. God doesn't want anything uh, from you. God has something for us today. And anyone who's been a part of EC for any period of time knows that I don't do this often. But I would be doing everyone here a disservice if you were to come to church on Sunday and not hear about stewardship. I would, it would be a disservice for us to come in here and have gifts of the Spirit operating, you jumping, hopping, hooping, hollering, rolling all over the floor, running, jumping, and then not understand stewardship. Because stewardship, you know what we'll do? You'll come in here and hoop, holler, got the victory, shout, run, and I'll do all of that with you, praise God, but you'll leave out here broke, busted, and disgusted. That's not the will of God. Praise God. Can somebody say amen? And I'm not talking about preaching a prosperity gospel because that's not what I'm going to do. But I do believe that when we steward generosity and steward what God gives us because we don't own anything, legacies can be changed, generations can be changed, and I'm going to show you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. So, Help me to understand. Uh, help, I want to help you. A tithe is 10%. We talked about that. We return that back to the Lord. That is of all of our increase. And everybody's tithe is going to be different. It's a percentage. One person's tithe might be $100 a week. Another person's tithe might be $2,500 a week. It doesn't matter concerning the amount. It is not about the quantity. Uh, it is about the quality, the 10%. So your 10% could be less than your neighbors or more than your neighbors. But what you need to understand is that the 10% is what aligns you with the covenant that God has established. And therefore, if you are in covenant, then God is moved. Now, uh, what I want you to understand here, and I'm going to talk about this. Uh, if you haven't launched out and tried tithing, don't panic. But I want to encourage you to do so. Because God will bless you. And I, I know I'm not teaching and preaching to, to give so that you can get. But how many can testify? When you do give to God, you will get. God will bless you. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Can anybody testify to that this afternoon? Praise God. That's why we teach it. Because we believe in honoring God who has blessed our lives. We teach it because the scripture teaches it. Can somebody say amen? Then we talked about it. And you know, we talked about a tithe. And what you need to understand. Remember we talked about the order of Melchizedek. And how Jesus came after the order of Melchizedek. If you read it in Hebrews 7. It tells us that literally when you return the tithe. Uh, and you give it to mere mortal men. Is what the new King James says. You are giving it to God. So when you return the tithe unto the Lord, yes, you are returning it to the storehouse. You are giving it to Extraordinary Church. But are you giving it to Extraordinary Church or are you giving it to God? You're giving it to both. It is unto the Lord. And so you need to know if you have returned the tithe unto the Lord this week, you have literally given to God. Praise God. That's exciting. And why is that exciting? Because when you give, you've actually given to God. When you return the tithe. Now watch this, watch this. The reason why we tithe is because you'll be reminded of who your source is. See, for some of us in this room, our source is the government. 
You can, listen, I know I preach this message. I'm coming in hot. I'm, I'm, when I'm dealing with these spirits, I'm going to get there. But what we not like to think is if we're not careful, we'll say we don't live it out. We don't say it, but we live it out. Let me say it like that. We'll live out a life that says government is our God. You can rely on, you'll have more confidence in those jokers in Ottawa than you will the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, God is your source. The Canadian government is not your source. And I'm not telling you not to return. Look, we all got to pay taxes. Please pay your taxes. I don't need anybody going to jail. I did not say not pay your taxes. But what I am telling you is don't have more confidence in the Canadian government or the Canadian economy than you do the kingdom of God. Because why? God is never late in his child support. God has not had any problems concerning the power. There's no power outages in heaven. He owns it all. The power of the kingdom of God will never go off. You'll never find heaven in the dark. You won't find angels walking around talking about saying we ain't got no money. I'm telling you right now, God has got an unlimited supply. He owns it all. Somebody's got to help me out today. You got to make up your mind and ask, who is my God? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ or is it mammon? But two of us, we got to make up our mind. Choose for you this day who you will serve. Praise God. I don't worry about what the government's going to do. Here's what I do. I was doing it last night. I stay up thanking God. I thank God that he takes care of my family. I thank God that he supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I thank God that he takes care of Sarah and my kids. I thank God. God is my source. Now, I, I learned this because some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. So I, I learned this the hard way because the Lord knows how I have to figure this out. I say the hard way, but by experience. Uh, you know, sometimes you, anybody, just raise your hand if you ever had the Lord speak to you about doing something that was pretty radical. Just raise your hand if you can agree. Okay, all right. Pretty radical. Now, radical will be different depending upon the context. But I can remember for me at this juncture in, in time, I'll try to do this in three minutes, maybe five looking at the clock right now to keep myself honest praise god but when the kids were real young uh they were maybe three four years old uh let me go back and do the math okay five six so here we were i was working for the bank and i had been the lord just blessed me promotion promotion and they had come in and offered me a job and some of you all heard me tell this story they had offered me a commercial bank director and i was really excited and i looked at the requisition and the first thing I wanted to do, when you look at a requisition, I did not look at the job description. I looked at how much money I was going to make. That was the, we can talk about what I'm going to do later. I want to know how much money am I going to make. And when I saw how much money I was going to make, I was like, I, was, I did. The first thing that came out of my mouth was, we in the money. I was like, thank you, Lord. Finally, finally. And my mind began to race. I was like, oh, man. Because I'm a utilitarian when it comes to vehicles. And, uh, you know, I was like, I was, driving a, I was driving a Toyota Corolla that had duct tape on the outside of it. I was literally, and don't even get me started with my truck. The truck said, said I will drive a car into the ground. I had a truck, a Chevrolet S10. That thing was a tank, though, because it wasn't brand new. It was like mid-90s, you know, when cars were made of steel. Praise God. That thing was a tank. I could drive. I could, praise God, I ain't going to make no jokes right now. I'm talking about war and stuff but I could I, you could take that tank it was a tank and so I, I, I you know I was you and I thought to myself I'm gonna get a BMW 7 series I was like and I can pay cash for it I was like praise God and I was like I'm just gonna put just just make it rain in my we call it a 401k I think y'all call it like a 40 RSP Sorry, yeah. I was thinking 403B. That's nonprofit in the States. Uh, sorry. So, uh, y'all be patient with me. Y'all are pruning me, purging me of my American tendencies. And it takes time. Praise God. Be patient. So, I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And as I was rejoicing about all the stuff I'm going to do, you know what? You know what I heard? I heard one word. Resign. And I was like, the devil is a lie. I was like, if he's under your feet, he's under mine too. I was like, I'm getting in my BMW 7 Series. Resign. And so I wish I could tell you, I knew it was the Lord speaking to me. But I was like, resign from what? 
I was like, Sarah at home. We got two young children. They're not bringing in any income. I was like, where are we going to eat? We was living good too, praise God. I've been with the bank for a long time, 13 years. Anyway, so uh, I wish I could tell you I resigned, but I didn't. How many of y'all can testify that God has spoken to you, but you've been disobedient? Y'all better come on up and be real with me today, praise God. Thank you for being real. Some of y'all like this. <laughs> y'all, if, if, if a hand didn't go up, you need to move away from them people. Because they lying. Don't let them pray for you. Don't let them pray for you. Oh, we can't have that. No, you can't have that. If they, the moment they try to lay hands, you just fall. Just don't, don't, don't lay hands on me. I need you to be honest. Praise God. So, you know what? It took me a while. And so, all of a sudden, I'd been with the bank 13 years, and all of this favor that the Lord had granted me began to slip through my fingers. I'll never forget. I had like a visual, like sand trying to clutch sand, and that sounds pretty silly, right? It was just, I couldn't do it. And I was being accused of all kind of crazy stuff. Wild stuff was happening. False stuff. It was like, this is crazy. And I was in my office or in the office of the regional vice president. Never forget his name. I won't say it. We were in there. And he said, Akil, what is going on? And I remember thinking, I said, I don't know. And the Lord spoke to me firmly. He said, I told you to resign. You will not return to secular employment. I didn't know what that meant. It's like secular employment. I mean, I, was, I knew what that meant, but I was like, what am I going to do? We hadn't even, I didn't even know what full-time ministry looked like. I, had, I didn't know what you did. I, didn't, I just knew like all my vacation time, you know, we just used for youth camps and everything else. And uh, going every Friday to make church was my life already. Uh, so I was like, what does this look like? What's going to happen? But I resigned not having anywhere to go. And so here I am resigning and we walking. And we walking, uh, we were home, and Sarah's like, uh, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't think, girl, don't worry, God's going to provide. And then when she go to bed, I'm on the floor like, what are we going to do? And I believe the Lord just worked through us. But here's what's crazy. So for about 90 days, we just kind of depleted our immediate savings and emergency cash fund. We were beginning to burn through some other things. And I had no idea what I was going to do. We are living by faith. I even went to go interview for another job because uh, these people were recruiting me. And when I showed up, uh, they were ready to offer me the job. And here I am getting ready to take it because, like, nothing had happened. And I was like, baby's got to eat. We got to eat. I'm tired of eating eggs. I think we ate eggs and eggs and eggs and eggs. Um, and so I showed up at that interview, like the, I'm with all the executives and they make me the offer. And I'm like, and the Lord's like, I told you to resign. And I was like, oh Lord, I was like, I can't take this. And they were like, oh, well here, if we give you this much money and if we give you a company car and, if, and, we, and I was like, I can't take it. I was like, I, I can't do it. And I, I, I told them why they thought I was crazy, but I told them God told me I could. And they were like, yeah, you better go. Uh, so uh, they, they won't really, they didn't understand that. You see, some of y'all, we can't be so spiritual, praise God. Okay, they think we're crazy, praise. You got to, you got to use some good sense too. But anyway, I walk about them, and here's the crazy thing. So uh, I've told y'all this story. I go to pick up this preacher who was doing a revival for us, and I had never experienced uh, anything prophetic or uh, in that in that sense. And I kind of could sense something was coming. You ever felt like God was developing you, and you kind of know it's coming, and you like you're still a little nervous about it. That's kind of how I felt. And I was like, I'm going to pick this man up, but we just not going to talk about anything spiritual. And here I am supposed to be a youth pastor and don't want to talk about spiritual stuff. I was like, man, we're going to talk. Now, I, I, she was like, wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. They want, I, I, not inappropriate stuff. I'm just saying carnal stuff. No, I'm just kidding. So we go and we, we're going and we're just talking about cell phones. And as we're driving, we're talking about cell phones. And I said to myself, we were less than three minutes away. I'll never forget the exit, Bell Creek Parkway right there. Boom, we were about to get off. And I said to myself, yes, no spiritual conversation. Just said it to myself. I never met this man before. Didn't know, he didn't know my name. This was before, you know, this was like 20, 2000, I don't know what it's, 26, 2006. So we didn't even have smartphones. This man turned and looked at me the moment I said, yes, no spiritual conversation to myself. He said, thus saith the Lord. You think you've been called to be a banker in the natural 
but the Lord used that to develop you to be a banker in the spirit. And he's deposited things in you for people who are spiritually and emotionally bankrupt and don't need to make withdrawals. And he's just reading my rail, my, my rail, my mail, and I'm crying. And then he's like, oh, my God, boy, you're going to kill us. And I was like, you're right. I'm he was like, you got more faith in these people driving opposite traffic than you do God. And I was like, you're right. Oh God. So anyway, I get myself together and he calls me in. And this is what I learned. I need you to understand this. I'll never forget this. He didn't know who I worked for. At that time, the bank was the fourth largest bank in the country as far as assets were concerned. He called me in after church. He said, have a seat. And uh, we come in. Matter of fact, you know, how you, you know how your parents call you and you're like, you know, they're like, hey, come here. And if maybe you look down the hallway, that's not here. You know, you, you're like, here. Here. That's, you know, if I said that to Ernest Thompson, if he was like, come here, I'd be like, yes, sir. Boy, quick in a hurry. So when we walked in, he was like, sit down. And I was like, I'm good. He was like, sit down. Like, I'm a grown man. I'm like, I'm going to need you to take a little bass out the voice. <laughs> I said, especially in front of my wife. You signing me in front of my wife. I'm going to sit down. I couldn't let her know. I was, like, I was like, sit down. He was like, you heard. I was like, all right, all right. We sat down. And he, he said, the Lord, he didn't know who I worked for at the time. I didn't work for any more, but who I, who I worked for. He said, the Lord is done with Wachovia Bank. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you heard me. Just like that. He was like, you heard me. He was like, the Lord is done with Wachovia Bank. He raised them up to bless you and to bless his kingdom. And now he's taking his hand off of the bank. And in less than six months, that bank dissolved, no longer exists. Required a government negotiated buyout. But here's what's crazy is I was befuddled by this. I'll never forget this. You know what he did? He looked at me and he said, you think Wachovia is your employer? He said, you've got it wrong, son. God is your employer. See, some of us, what happened for me, I got delivered. I had to go through some deliverance from that because I remember being beheld to somebody. But when you really tap into the power and the understanding that God is your source, he'll send resources to you. Oh, God. I'm going to preach this thing today. Y'all going to have to help me. He is the source, but he'll send people to be a resource. And you can trust it when you've kept your heart pure and you've not had to be bought. You need to understand that God will give you what you need because he is your source. Not the government, not your employer. It is him. And here's what we get confused. I was telling some of the team earlier this today. We need to understand there are two economic systems here in play. There's the world's economic system and then there's God's economic system. So we tithe for the following reasons. One, it's scriptural obedience. Two, to keep ourselves, catch this, to keep ourselves from being bound to an inferior source. Thirdly, primarily from being bound to the systems of this world. This world has a system. This world, and the world has an economic system. And the economic system of this world does what? They buy and sell. But in the kingdom of God, what do we do? Sow and reap. Praise. I'm going to say that again because I thought that was really good. The world buys and sells. But the kingdom, we sow and we reap. Two different ways that we operate. And if we can get our understanding around this, this will set us free. And this is what I want to talk to you about. What we give God. So here's what we do now. The tithe belongs to him. It is his. It's holy. It's set apart, right? So that's not, that's not a question. So we're not giving when we're tithing. Okay? But when we do give to God, we give in two ways. We give God first, what's first, and we give him what's best. We give him what is best first. That's probably the best way to say it. See, some of us give him what is best last. But that's not really what's best. That's what we call what's left. It's leftovers. Yeah. See, giving God leftovers doesn't release the blessing in your life. The 
blessing is not released when you give him what's left. The blessing is released when you give him what's best. So see, let me help you. I'm just, I'm going to play pastor today. Tithing is not done after you pay all your bills. I know, I, I told y'all I ain't tickling no toes today. Some of y'all pray. I'm not going to teach on money. Some, for, if you're a first-time guest, please come back. Praise God. You'll, you'll find out that we'll only do this once a year. But this is not, let me see how my month turns out and see what I give to God. If you take that approach, it removes the element of trust and takes you out of covenant. But when you return the tithe to him first, trusting him, because now you don't have, I, I told y'all, because we come up with little cliches, and I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I didn't come up with this one, but I've used it and even taught it. It's like you can have a curse 100% or a blessed 90%. No, 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 no. That's not true. It's not scriptural. When you return the tithe unto the Lord, you don't have a blessed 90%. You have access to it all. You have access to it all, all because all of what belongs to him, he doesn't withhold anything from us. Can somebody say amen? amen. So look at this, Proverbs 3, 9. Check this out. Proverbs 3, 9, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. This is so good. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Everything I have. Let's leave Proverbs 3, 9 up there. Everything that I have belongs to him. Everything that we have came from him. Can somebody say amen? amen. Don't, be, don't get uncomfortable with this because what I want you to understand is that when you will practice tithing and you'll return this unto the Lord and you'll do it first and you'll honor the Lord with your possessions and you honor God with what's first and the best, there will be increase on your life. He says your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, watch this. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. I'm going to read you some context uh, out, of, out of Malachi. I want you to check this out because here's what some of us will do talking about leftovers. Check this out. Let's go to Malachi 1 and 6. Stick with me. Malachi 1 and 6. It says a son honors his father. This is the Lord speaking and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? This is God speaking, says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offered defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? This is wild. Check this out. Priests were supposed to come to the temple with a pure sacrifice, Pastor B. The best lamb in their backyard. And now these priests were coming to the temple and they would go out in their yard and you know what they would do? Not get the best lamb, not get the lamb that's been set apart. They're going to get the lamb that is blind. They're going to go get the lamb that is maimed. They're going to get the lamb that is sick. Is that not evil? And if it ain't a big deal, watch what Malachi said. If it's not a big deal and you want to give God what's up, you want to keep the best for yourself. If it's not evil, he asked a plain question. Go take the lame and the blind lamb and give it to the governor. See what he'll do. Is that not what we do? So God, it's just like this. Jack, you remember. Uh, Dom, I think you were there too. Praise God. Melissa, you might have been there too. Thank you, Jesus. I might have just invited the whole row. I don't know. I can't remember. I got the worst memory. But we did some Christmas food. Praise God. I love cooking during the holidays. And we had eaten. I had cooked. Day after Christmas, I had cooked the collard greens and the, the stuffing, the sweet potatoes, the mashed potatoes, the macaroni and cheese the chicken i just i just went in and i need that jack she remembers i need that jack anointing because i think jack had like five plates 
Praise God. It was going, I don't know how she does it. I need that anointing. I need that, that slim anointing. Thank you, Father. But imagine, imagine if I invited her over. Do y'all, I don't think I've seen this. I'm sure y'all have had it at one point, but I haven't seen it in stores. Imagine as opposed to cooking all that, and I, they came over, and I invited all y'all, and I said, man, I'm cooking. I'm doing that southern comfort food that we love, you know, that us black folk love to eat down south. We're going in, and, uh, and y'all show up, and I take, open up the refrigerator, and I pull out some bologna. Y'all know what bologna is? It's God. Do we still have bologna in the stores? I was just in no frills last night. I did not see bologna. Because Big Mama could make a bologna sandwich, boy. She did some of that bologna sandwich. That thing was right. But you know what? I take some bologna, which is like spam. Thinly sliced spam. And I put... <laughs> Deborah Lee ready to have something to eat, praise God. And I put the, that thinly sliced spam right in the green, and I hook it up, and I say, come on, let's eat. Y'all will be like, That's exactly right. Is there a mistake here? Something right. But if we're not careful, that's what we'll do unto the Lord. We'll give God what's left. We're not here to give. Can I tell you? I I, I realize this. I thought, I told somebody, I was telling Jamil, I don't see him here today. I said, man, I need to find me a good Mexican restaurant because I can't seem to find good Mexican. But I was confused just because it had been so long. We were just traveling. I don't, I I could eat Tex-Mex. That's my love language. Tex-Mex, like three days, three times a day, seven days a week. I get eat Tex-Mex. And we finally found some Tex-Mex when we were out there. I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. Glory adios. I was just, Lincoln was getting upset with me. I was walking in the restaurant, deals deep and deep. I was just talking. Just, it, was just, it was just flowing. It was just flowing. I was like, hola, como esta? I get in that, that, that Tex-Mex anointing. It comes on me. That's my love language. God's got a love language too. Give him what's first and if we'll give him what's first, I'm telling you, you, you got to get this. You got to understand this is a big deal. This is a big deal. I want to show you. I wish I had time, but all right, look, let's, let me just look here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here because I, I don't want I, I, it's getting late. Uh, here's what I want you to understand. This is why when we decide to give God what's best and we give it to him first, we are getting our priorities in order. Now, I'm going to show you something that's a, a revelation. When you learn to give God the best first, you'll notice other things will fall in line. Generous people are praisers. You don't have to, I know right now we don't have it. It wouldn't bother me one bit. And, and this is not necessarily an invitation, but I'm just saying, it wouldn't bother me one bit. If we had some banners, if once we get bigger buildings, I could see banners swirling and flying and us dancing. And I want all of that, but it shouldn't take all that. When we think about what he's done in our life and who he is to us, we should be quick to give him our first and what's best. The first praise, the best praise, the praise that lifts him up and exalts him, the hand claps that glorify him, the hallelujahs that exalt him, the dances that extol him. I didn't come to give him something cheap. I came to give him something that cost me, cost me everything because he's worthy of my praise. I'll give him my best praise. I'll give him my best dance. I'll give him my best shout. Why? Because of who he is. He's worthy of my praise. Come on, if you believe that, you ought to glorify him. Somebody ought to just take a moment and give him your best praise. Somebody ought to take 30 seconds and give God your best praise. Why? Because he's worthy of it all. Come on and glorify him. Come on and exalt him. Come on and lift him up. I know some of you might be wondering, does it take all that? You don't got to do all that. That's a Judas spirit that will criticize and always ridicule. But there's some people that will say, it might cost me everything, but I'll lay it down. I'll pour it out. I'll give it to him. Come on and give him praise. All I have. 
have to do is think about the sin he brought me from, the bondage he delivered me from, the heartache he brought me out of. I can't help but give him praise. Oh, well, I don't understand. Don't you, why don't you, why don't you just chill out? Why do you got to be so extraordinary with your praise? Why do you got to be so extravagant? We're talking about the king of glory. Stop measuring your generosity. Stop measuring your praise. And be more generous. See, generous people, I have discovered this. If you're generous with money, you'll be generous with kindness. If you're generous with kindness, you'll be generous with joy. You'll be generous with grace. If you're generous and if you're stingy, you'll be stingy with affirmation. You'll be stingy with patience. If you're generous, you'll volunteer and serve. Shout out to all of our dream teamers. And if you're not serving, I want to challenge you. Get involved. Come on, don't. This is not the time. You ever, especially a Christian. I've never understood how we can be as followers of Jesus Christ, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, baptized in his name, filled with the spirit, and walk around and have like a grimace on our face. I'm like, no, we should have joy. Joy. Why should we have joy? And why should we be? Here's why we're generous. You know why we're generous? Because we can't help but share he's been so good. And because he's been so good, what do we want? We want others to taste and see that the Lord is good. We serve a good God. That doesn't mean I got to go around and tell everybody about the gospel. Yes, we should preach the gospel. But you can come over evil. You can overcome evil with what the Bible says. Okay. So first thing that you got to do. See, generosity is an announcement in the spirit and in the natural that everything I have, he gave me. So, check this out. You give him your best first, okay? Not what is last, but first. Now, watch this. Let me show you something that's pretty cool. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6. I'm almost done. Got three pages of notes. Two and a half, praise God. Look at Joshua 6, 18. This is, this is going to trip you out. This tripped me out. And I'm going to give you some context. There you go. Media team on it. Praise God. Shout out to the media team. Let's make some noise for the media team. Yeah, praise God. I said Joshua 6. I couldn't even get it out. That thing was just up there. Praise God. And you, by all means, abstain from, please catch this, the accursed things. Lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Now, let me explain. The context of what's happening is Moses is dead. Israel is positioned to go on the promised land, okay? Joshua is the new leader. He is not the administrator that Moses was. Moses had enormous capacity. He led millions of people, and it's scripturally recorded that Moses was doing the work of 70 men. Moses was the administrator of administrators. But Joshua was the warrior that Israel needed at that time. So he's about to lead them into conquest, okay, in the Old Testament. And Joshua is a sign and a foretelling of the New Testament Joshua, whose name is Jesus, who would lead us into the promised land. Joshua led the people of God into conquest. And what was the name of the first city that they took in the promised land? Jericho. Praise God. Jericho. And you know, so if you've been around... Uh, Pentecostal circles have been around Pentecostals before. Everybody has done a Jericho march. If you don't know what a Jericho march is, we have marched so many times, I didn't even know what number we were on. We just walk. We just. We just I'm like, we taking this thing. We take this. And we just get to going. And, and when you get those big ones, you really forget because, you know, you go around the whole church and we be going. We'd be going and we'd be praying and slaying stuff in the spirit and we'd be declaring stuff and people would be like, shout for the Lord. I was like, what number are we on? <laughs> they forget. They forget. Even the pastor would be like, what number are we on? We got to take a break. What? Four or five. We've all been there, done that. We, y'all know y'all. It's true. It's true. Every single one of y'all that have done that, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. 
you, you know, lost count. Well, this, the Lord told them to go around the city and not say anything. This fortified city. Couldn't get in, couldn't get out. Okay? And he told them not don't say a word. And that's really tough for Pentecostals, praise God. So, you know, so they do this for six days. And on day seven, you know, they break, they, they break it out shofars and trumpets. And for those that didn't have that, they're like, shout, for the Lord has given you this city. So they go and they do that and the walls come down and they, they, they take the city. Well, as they're taking the city, something happened. This dude by the name of Achan. Achan. Achan decides he's going to take some stuff. He takes the stuff that doesn't belong to him. That God told him what to do with it. And so, now watch this. He buries it. And that's, you would think that's fine and you can do whatever until you get ready for the next battle. It, oh, it wasn't exposed until they went into battle and started getting their rear end whooped. And Joshua was like, wait a second. Something ain't, something ain't right. We in covenant. We just marched. We didn't even say anything. We just did this, and on day seven, opened up our mouths, walls came down. They just run and giving it to us, and we can't even overtake AI. He said, Lord, what's up? He said, they're sending the camp. Aiken. And so the Lord begins to reveal to Joshua who it is, and they find out, and they they address it, and they look, and they, they peel it back, and they begin to dig up, and Achan has buried some things. And Joshua 6, let's put that back up. I want them to see that passage of scripture. I'm going to show you something here. Now watch this. This is crazy. And you by all means, and you by all means abstain from the accursed thing, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Now watch this, Pastor Barry. This is crazy. If you read it in the ESV, it calls it a devoted thing. So if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's, if you look it up in the Hebrew, the meaning of the word is devoted. Now watch this. Is it a cursed thing? Or is it a devoted thing? I'm going to show you in a minute. The first, the first city in the promised land belonged to who? Not Achan. And had they given it to the Lord, they would have been fine. They would have been blessed. So is it cursed or is it devoted? It's both. Depends on what you do with it. If you consume it yourself, it's cursed. If you'll give it to him, it's devoted. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying right now? What I'm telling you is God wants what's first and he wants what's best. And it belongs to him. And if you'll understand that and get in covenant with that, God is going to blow your mind. Now, I want to show you something else that, I, 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 that you got to get with this thing uh, because, and then I'm, I'm this is so crazy. I, I, I tried to figure this out today and I couldn't figure, I got to do a little bit more research, but Joshua conquered 31 kings. He conquered 31 kings. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean number of cities because uh, it could be more cities, but you can conclude definitely 31. But here's what I want you to understand when it comes to supernatural soil. You, you, you got to catch this because I've never seen this before and I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap this up. The Lord told me probably five years ago now, we've been here five and a half, a little over five and a half, maybe, maybe four and a half years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, you are on supernatural soil. Everybody say supernatural. supernatural. Soil. That sounded good. This side say supernatural. supernatural. Y'all say soil. soil. Praise God. All right, praise God. 
Sorry, I just got a little excited. So the Lord said, you're on supernatural soil. And I was like, what does that mean? And three people text me. People that are friends, some maybe more like acquaintances, but I don't really talk to them that often at all. Three people text me in a period of a week, and they say, the Lord told me to tell you you're on supernatural soil. Two of those three said you need to connect with Alan Shalm. I didn't know what I didn't know who Alan Shalm was. We know him now. We know him quite well now. So when I go, here's what you got to understand. We're on supernatural soil. I'm going to show you something. Because this is how the kingdom of God works. We don't buy and sell in the kingdom. We sow and reap. Now, how many of you, I, I almost did this. I almost said, I'm going to call my girl Patricia. She could help me out in the buying, but I, I didn't bother. But I, I love, Sarah knows if I get fruit, one of my fruits that I enjoy are apples. Apples and grapes. I'm like, give me a good apple. How many of y'all love apples? Anybody like got some apple lovers? Praise God. I just love apples. So, and I used to eat apples like just, you know, you would bite them. But then, what do you call that apple slicer? Those things are the will of God. <laughs> you get that apple slicer, you just, and you're like, man, you just, I don't know why it tastes better. It's like it's just, just it hits different. It hits different than just biting the big apple. You just, praise God. And you have about six, eight, ten pieces. And uh, so what's interesting is this. You eat the apple, and we, we, we enjoy it. But there is a piece of the apple we don't eat. And what is that called? The core. The core. And the core contains what? Seeds. Seeds. Nobody eats the apple seeds. Ziggy, don't do this. I'm about to save your life. I'm serious. I'm seriously about to save your life. This is why you came today. Praise God. It is scientific. Now, don't you try this, Ziggy. <laughs> Listen. If you eat too many apple seeds, it will kill you. Cider. You haven't had enough. That's what I'm saying. Don't eat anymore. That's why I said, don't try this. I said, don't try this. You'll eat so many. You'll eat so many. It creates cyanide in your body and will shut your liver down. Because we weren't designed to eat the seed. We're designed to sow the seed. Here's what you and I have to understand. We enjoy the fruit. Nobody, Sarah knows, I love apple pie, peach cobbler. That's, that's like it. If you make those in bread pudding, praise God. She can't make any of that right now just because I'm trying to lose the vacation weight I gained. And it's so hard to lose the weight. It's so easy to gain it. Uh, so... Um, but she has never come up to me and said, oh, baby, uh, try some of my apple seed pie. <laughs> but like, what are we doing right now? She's never come up, and that, that peach cobbler, she can wear, man, when we lived in Austin, I was eating like peach cobbler like, she, uh, like every day because we had a peach tree and it would just, but she never came up to me and was like, hey, babe, eat this peach pit cobbler. <laughs> no, no, because we're not, designed to eat the seed the seed should be planted and what God has called us to do is to sow seed in supernatural soil so I'm going to show you something then I'm going to be done this is crazy I'm going to be done right after this now we can die by eating our seed and some of us have gotten sick by eating our own seed now, here's what I want you to understand. We can all stand. Let's let our musicians come. I'm going to do a few things and then we're done. My question today is who is eating their seed? Now, 
Don't tell me that seed is not important. Because Malachi tells us that when you return the tithe unto the Lord, he rebukes the devourer for our sake. But I want to show you something that I've never seen before. Do you know what the devourer does? The devourer, see, we think of a devourer like, oh, they're going to come. No, <laughs> sorry. Didn't work out as well as I thought it was. Thank you, Deborah Lee, for revealing that, praise God. She couldn't even look at me. She was just like. The devourer comes to snatch up the harvest. It's literally what it means in Malachi. The devourer in the Hebrew is literally, watch this, a unique word. And it literally means, you ready for this? Seed thief. Seed thief. Why? Because if you ever get your seed in the ground, if you ever get your seed in the supernatural soil, God will watch over it. This is what's amazing. The enemy knows, oh, somebody needs to hear me. The enemy knows if he can get you to eat your seed. If he can get you to eat your seed, you will not sow into supernatural soil. And when you notice, notice, here's the crazy thing. Alex, when, we, when you put a seed in the ground, the soil does the work. Hear me. Some of us right now, we're striving, working double and overtime, triple time. Nothing wrong with hard work. There is profit in all labor is what scripture says. I'm not talking against hard work. But what I'm talking about is striving, pressing and reaching in a way that is outside of the context of the kingdom. When we sow into the supernatural soil. God will do a work with that seed that will blow your mind. I'm telling you right now, you can't measure the ways he's going to bless you. Babies love Jesus. Tires last longer than they're supposed to. Shoes last longer. I got a pair of shoes right now in my office. They're probably 12 years old. Ain't even put another pair of soles on them things. I can still wear them. God does that kind of stuff. That's what he does. He blesses us anointing and favor and purpose on our life and on our baby's lives. I'm talking about supernatural soil. And what we've been doing, and I, I, I'm going to do this now. I wasn't sure, but I'll just close with this. This is no pressure. You can do what you, you feel if you feel anything. If you weren't able to participate in the big give last week, it is still not too late to participate. We want you to prayerfully consider sowing a seed of supernatural soil or sowing a seed into supernatural soil. Why? Because we're getting ready to launch our second campus, Did Smack in the Heart of Toronto. And I rejoice in what God is doing. Yes. And you know what we do? We do this at Extraordinary Church. 10% of everything that comes into this house we send it out. Now, let's do me a favor, media team. I'm completely putting you on blast. Uh, you are not ready for this. Put up our open heaven declaration, please. Thank you, Jesus. I want to show you something in this open heaven declaration. Praise God. I thought I had it on my iPad, and clearly I don't. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Next one, praise God. Next one. Praise God. <laughs> Next one. Here it is. I give today because I believe his kingdom has come in my city. God, you provide buildings. Let me tell you what he did. I just want you to. He, he gave us this building. Not literally, we don't own it. But he gave us this building at an unfathomable rate. 
we paid for a you all know how expensive housing is okay I'll just give you an example when we were looking for buildings we looked at one building a while back and it was how many square feet was that building we looked at right off of the QEW 16,000 square feet they wanted what 20 how many, 15 million dollars this was like a couple years ago for uh, how many square feet baby 16,000 square feet so this was insane right so all of that this kind of lets you know uh, just housing even monthly housing uh, and a two bedroom apartment probably costs $3,000 here in Mississauga alone you know so we go and we get because we send a tithe out into another man's field we got that building are you ready we got that building for an entire year for less than one month's rent of what we pay here. Somebody ought to give God praise. God give us property, buildings, lands. I'm telling you right now, why? Because we're in supernatural soil. All you have to do is sow a seed and watch God do a miracle in your life. He'll turn it around for you. I'm telling you, we're on supernatural soil. And if there's ever been a time where the windows of heaven are open, now is the time to sow our seed. So here's what I want you to prayerfully consider. I want you to prayerfully consider. If you haven't already, maybe some of you already made a commitment. But we have commitment cards. You can stop by Guest Central. You can get one. When we deliver this food drive and we do it on December 10th, I want to blow Mississauga Food Bank's mind. I want them, we've come and we do it every year and we give thousands of dollars. One year we gave five. I'd have to talk with Stacy. Poor thing, she's not feeling well. She can tell us all the math. I think we've given close to $10,000 to Mississauga Food Bank. And on top of that, I think we've given them close to three tons of food. I want to give them tons of food this time. What am I saying? We're sowing into supernatural soil and I believe God is going to respond now here's what I want us to do I want us to pray I want us to pray because the Lord is dealing with us but it's bigger than money it's about your heart that's what matters he I tell people all the time he doesn't want your gift he doesn't want your creativity he gave it to you he wants your heart and what I want to challenge you today is in this moment this is not about money this is about giving him your heart and perhaps you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ before can I tell you that'll be the best decision you've ever made in your life when you decide to repent of your sins and say Lord as much as I'm able I want to live for you will baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. God will fill you with his spirit. You'll be filled with the spirit speaking in other tongues as his spirit gives you the ability and it'll be the beginning of a brand new life for you. But here's what I'd like us to do in this season. I'd like us as a church family, for all of you that are online watching, praise God. I want us to say, Lord, I'm giving my heart to you afresh. You know what? I'll give you you know why we do if you're not I'll be done but I'm a firm believer in this let me just tell you what I do real quick the first 40 days of 2024 and every year we do something called made for more we are giving a tie of our year to the Lord I every I know technically it's the first day of the week is Sunday but for me it's Monday so on Mondays I tithe. I take literally, I fast. I take that day of the week. I dedicate it unto the Lord. I want to encourage you. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to give God my best. And I want to give it to him first. Before I wake up, I'm not, uh, not every morning, sometimes depending upon what's happening, obviously, but the first, I don't want to give my first moments of my day to Instagram or TikTok. I want to give it to the Lord. And as you begin to do that, that'll be a reflection of your heart. So here's what I'd like us to do. 
I believe we're, we're, we're not just going to pray. We're going to come as a church family, online family. Y'all join us as well. We're about to wrap that up. God bless you. But I want us to come. Would you come to this altar? And we're going to sing a song and we're going to worship. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.